Hello there. General Kenobi! <laughs> you are listening to Mando Talk, your home for the Mandalorian chapter breakdown, speculation, and all kinds of Star Wars fun. <laughs> what is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome back to Mando Talk. I'm your host, Caleb Keller, and joining me inside the studio this week is my brother in the Force, in the flesh, in blood, Jacob. The Master Keller. First of all, it's been a really long time since we've seen you. So, yep. uh, first How, of all, what have you been up to? Um, you know, <laughs> just the usual. How many weeks has it been? Has it been? Uh, it's got to be like a month. Really? It's got to be. Wow. Time flies. So seriously, what you been up to, dude? Um, just working, school, uh, trying to grow my own vegetable garden. <laughs> the the uh, farmer Jake. The Jedi life. Yeah. Farming. It's a peaceful... Wait, well, wait. That's a... Uh, yeah. Um, oh, wait. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Jen Urso's father. Mm-hmm. Galen. Mm-hmm. Galen Urso. Farming. It's a peaceful life. Yeah. Dude, you're Galen Urso. <laughs> like, officially. I think if you were a canon character, it's not Yoda. It's Galen Urso. Would you be able to do that? Would you be able to forcefully leave your family and help the Empire? No. But secretly plant the way of destruction. Because if he hadn't have done it, the Empire probably would have ruled forever and ever and ever. And we wouldn't have had the story of the Skywalkers. <laughs> that's a tough uh that's a tough responsibility. Do you sacrifice <laughs> time with your family to save the galaxy, in other words? Life with my family and my family's True. lives. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Um, Pe- our listeners are gonna judge you hardcore <laughs> for this answer. Honestly, I don't know that I'm at a point in my life where I have that much willpower to sacrifice my own uh, will to mm-hmm. do the greater mm, good. Man. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, life changes. Yeah. Your view on life changes. Well, but. I'll ask you in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm led, if I, if my heart feels compelled that I have to do something yeah. for the greater good and you uh-huh. know not care about what right. i want to do uh-huh. then i help that i'll go with that absolutely galen <laughs> listen while we're By at the, the top way, i'm honored that you called me master yeah okay so last week i gave nolan the nickname of the speculator this week mm. i'm giving you the nickname of the master now i need to come up with a nickname for ba so am i the master or Galen or I don't know. We might farmer. need to switch it to the farmer. <laughs> you let us know, listeners, which nickname fits Jacob better, the master or the farmer. Hmm. Comment in the YouTube comment section. While we're talking about YouTube, let's get some plugs in. They're both worthy. They are worthy. Both titles. Hit, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you are listening to our sweet, sweet voices, you want to click the subscribe button, like it, uh, rate it, whatever you can do to make us look good. Yes, sir. Do it. Uh, because we would really appreciate it no matter what platform you're on. But these three platforms are really important. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Mando Talk, because you want to get to communicate us communicate with us a little bit more mm-hmm. that's the avenue to do that so mm-hmm. check that out and actually those of you that have communicated with us on twitter this week we're going to talk uh, about your 
replies and things that you mentioned about with our topic here at the start. So, again, if you want to join in on that fun, follow us on those social medias. Right on. So we're going to get to hear some people's views. Right on. Yeah, we are. And it's going to it's gonna be fun. It's always All fun right. to get the community's views. Yeah, it is. I think I prefer listening to those out there more than I prefer listening to myself, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> which I think that's a good good look to have. Yeah. Good outlook. And we love all of them out there. Yeah, we do. We love you all. Now, let's go ahead and do this. We're going to get into our main topic right here off the start. Uh, we are treating this like yet again another news week because we just keep getting solid, quality, good news pieces to focus our show around. We do have some ideas, though, of upcoming like uh, content as far as topics uh, mm-hmm. in the dead period if we happen to get a week that we don't really get news, but you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks, possibly. But anyway, here's the big news piece. Let's just go ahead and do it. It's regarding Kathleen Kennedy. We know that is probably one of the divisive topics in the Star Wars community. So we're we're going to address it in both lanes. We're going to address it in the positive light. We're also going to address it down the negative light, and we're going to leave it up to you as to what avenue you prefer completely up to you and again let us know what you think anyway let's do this so who's the, going first <laughs> <laughs> the disney ceo bob chapek reaffirmed kathleen kennedy's secure future at lucasfilm this past week during a conference call with investors chapek spoke on the fact that direct to consumer business is the company's top priority now yeah that doesn't necessarily connect to Kathleen Kenny currently, but we're going to come back to that at some point. Uh, but I think that is really important to note because Disney Plus is already surpassed 100 million worldwide subscribers. And I think a lot of that goes to The Mandalorian. So that does connect to Kathleen Kennedy, though, because she's the president of the company that put together the Mandalorian. Now, mm-hmm. specifically with Kathleen Kennedy, during this call, Chapek was asked about all the rumors of Kathleen Kennedy eventually being fired as the president of Lucasfilm, and Chapek responded with the following statement. We've been absolutely thrilled that we can have the creative talent in our company the likes of Kathleen Kennedy. We look forward to having Kathleen directing Lucasfilm activities for years to come. So, very supportive statement now i will address this though it's an investors meeting these are people that put money into your company oh yeah you're not going to use that as an opportunity to look bad he's gonna he's gonna say something (laughs) he's gonna say something to make it sound really good about kathleen kennedy's future with lucasfilm regardless if what he said is actually 1,000% true, or if it's not. Like, he's not going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, we've been thinking about that, and we're just not really 100% sure right now. He's not going to say that in an investor's Right, meeting. because that's going to make the investors um, have to factor in. <laughs> right, they're, they're going to have to factor in another changing variable. Right, so I think it, that's important. I think a lot of people are just running with this quote and like, oh, it's official, she's going to be there for years and years and years and years to come. Yeah. Which might be true, that's fine, if it's true, uh, but it's also, again, important to notice he's not going to say anything negative in that moment. Right. So like I was saying when I first introduced this, we're going to go down two lanes with this. We're going to make a case for Kathleen Kennedy 
being the president of Lucasfilm, and we're also going to make a couple of cases against Kathleen Kennedy being the president of Lucasfilm. Let's start with cases four. And I've already got mine prepped, and after I go over each one, Jacob, the master, the farmer, I'll ask you (laughs) what you think about that specific case. Sound good? Okay. All right, first case for Kathleen Kennedy remaining the president of Lucasfilm. She has produced five movies, and each of those five movies, or combined, $5.9 billion have been made in the box office. As president of an entertainment company, that's the definition of success. Like, there's no arguing against that. With The Force Awakens, $2 billion something dollars. Home run. Uh, what's next? Rogue One, a billion dollars. Home run. Last Jedi, a billion dollars in money aspect. Home run. And then Solo happened, which took a little hit. It was only like a $400 million. I'm rounding up a little bit with that. So it, it actually lost money, but the other movies made up the slack for that. And then the last one was The Rise of Skywalker, a billion dollars. So what do you think, Jacob, as far as that goes? I mean, as a president of a company... Your job is to make money for Disney, uh, and she did it. So what do you think? Okay, so that's net profit. That's from the box office. Now, that I don't think that's subtracting away the amount of money it took to actually make the film. Oh, now that's important. Well, it <laughs> is, It, it but I, I don't necessarily think that that... Honestly, if you take away the money... Well, I don't know. I don't know necessarily looking at the the numbers but regardless 5.9 billion dollars in the box office for five movies is very successful i don't know anything (laughs) about it honestly okay but if that's uh if that amount of money that's a lot of money um yes it is if that amount of money in the box office is successful very successful then i believe it (laughs) so it typically in the movie industry if you make the billion dollar mark Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be an incredible film. Hmm. Like, it's a well-deserving film. You're at a, an elite level if you make that billion-dollar mark. Now, I feel like lately, like, the comic book industry has made it easier to hit that billion-dollar mark. And it yeah. it happened more frequently for people to no longer view the billion-dollar mark maybe as special. I still think it's special, though, to hit that billion dollar mark. I mean, that's impressive. So props to Kathleen Kennedy for that. So that's my first case. Five movies equaled $5.9 billion in the box office. Okay, second case for Kathleen Kennedy being the president. George Lucas named Kathleen Kennedy himself as the successor for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know George Lucas. I'm not inside his brain. I don't know necessarily that reason. But I do think that's important. I mean, if we're big Star Wars fans, George Lucas is the maker, the master, the creator, and he trusted Kathleen Kennedy to be the next president, the next creative head of the company moving forward. It's hard to ignore that fact. Mm -hmm. Very hard. Okay, but that takes me to the next thing as far as maybe why he trusted her, and that's because her history speaks for itself. She is one of the greatest movie producers of all time. So I'm going to list some of the movies that I've seen. Jacob, I want to know if you've seen these movies that she produced. Okay. And if you even knew that she produced <laughs> them. I have a feeling you probably didn't even know she produced, it, so, produced some of them. 
Right. Back to the Future franchise. Yeah. Have, have you seen um, it? No, I don't think I have. I've okay. seen clips, and I didn't even know that she produced that. Right. Okay. Goonies. I've seen that. Okay. So that was a, that's <laughs> awesome an important movie. one in the childhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jurassic Park franchise. I've seen the first one. Okay. Well, and, and a lot of people view that as the best one. So, um, what's two and three about? See, I don't. I've seen them like at an early stage in my childhood, but yeah. I don't remember like plot lines. Okay. Okay. Next was Indiana Jones. After Star Wars, that's like the next franchise <laughs> that I watched the most. Really? Up. Yeah, I think huh. so. Like series more than Lord of the Rings. Yes. Really? I didn't really get into Lord <laughs> of the Rings until I was a teenager. But Indiana oh, Jones, I remember Indiana didn't come Jones out till true mid two thousands. And think. I remember Indiana Jones though as like the first franchise movie set that I got for Christmas. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, yeah, Indiana Jones after Does that Star Wars. Does mean if you Wars pull out that old box, the paper VHS box that will have her name on it? Yes. Wow. One thousand percent. Okay. Next is E. T. Yes, seen it. Didn't okay. know she produced it. Indian in the cupboard. Oh my! Didn't you used to love that movie? If I watched it again, I'm probably, I'm sure I probably would love it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still love it. Okay, the curious <laughs> case of Benjamin Button. Haven't watched that one. Okay, but I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Sea Biscuit. Yeah, watched I remember that one. Uh, trying to watch that as a kid, and then there was like questionable scenes that a kid probably shouldn't be seeing, <laughs> and yeah. my. My parents quit letting me watch that movie after they found <laughs> out, you know, things about Seabiscuit. But, and that was just a select few of the list. I mean, that list yeah. just keeps going on and on and on. Are there more that we we would know? Possibly. There's more that you might know that I, when I looked at the list, I didn't know. Okay. But regardless, it's it's going to be hard to find somebody that hasn't been touched by Kathleen Kennedy produced movies at some point in their childhood. Right. I mean, you go through the list. I think some, someone has seen at least one of those movies in that list. So her history speaks for itself. She's very qualified for this type of role. Okay, anyway, we went down a rabbit hole with that one. But, okay, the next point that I have, case for Kathleen Kennedy being the president, is again, back to the Bob Chapek statement saying, direct-to-consumer business is the company's top priority. Oh, yeah, if and you can see that. Yeah. You can see that. And if that's the company's top priority, Kathleen Kennedy is filling that role perfectly because the Mandalorian um, is what got Disney Plus to be so successful. So, And then the last uh, point that I have, as long as she continues to hire and trust the right people like she's been doing lately, mm-hmm. I think that equals to success for everyone. Uh, she can handle the business aspect. She can direct the ship, but she can trust in Favreau, Filoni, Patty Jenkins, Taika Waititi, Deborah Chow to produce the content and to actually go into what Star Wars means. Okay, I gave you all those different cases, (laughs) Jacob. I know I've been talking. I apologize for that. But what do you think as far as any other cases for Kathleen Kennedy being in the role or maybe just any general thoughts to those cases that I've listed out? Well, first, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you really think that The Mandalorian is the reason why Disney Plus is so has took off the way it has? I think it was the opening success for why that platform took off. Okay. Because Disney Plus launched with The Mandalorian. Now, 
And right. this dives completely away from Star You're Wars. my memory, but yeah, I remember now. Diving away from Star Wars, Disney Plus, though, has all the catalog of all your childhood movies. Oh, yeah. And as a parent, I can imagine having a kid and that being like the immediate subscription service that I would get because yeah. I know as a parent I would have all my kids watch those Disney movies. The ones that we watched when we were Right. Up. So yeah. from that, I'm sure that brought a lot of people in too. Mm-hmm. But The Mandalorian, for the most part, I feel like, is what drove a lot of people to get Disney+. And you can book into that currently with WandaVision, that's Marvel's yeah. uh, new show. I feel like that is what got them to that $100 million mark, or $100 million, $100 million subscriber mark. Yeah. So, to answer your question. Okay, yes, right on. the Mandalorian. Okay. <laughs> now, what was your question to me? Okay, so, um, yeah, I can definitely see if she's produced that many movies that were really good. Mm-hmm. She does have a history that uh, speaks to her performance in that in that role. Right. Um, and, you know, it's true that she's given us uh, under her leadership, she, we've gotten The Mandalorian, yeah. um, all five of those movies. Yeah, and you can make arguments like those movies, they didn't hit that great, right? But, again... Yeah, so from, that's the other side of the coin. Right. We could also argue that under her leadership, there was, you know, that uh, flawed way of writing of that story. we always talk about for the sequels. Yeah. And I suppose all I have to say about that is we hope that, well, those were, what was her first project with Lucasfilm? As the current role of president? Right. Force Awakens. Okay. So, yeah, that's like her introduction Mm -hmm. into a new role. Which was knocked out the park, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone loved that movie initially. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. It wasn't until The Last Jedi when it was very clear that the story wasn't necessarily planned. Fleshed out. That uh, pushback started occurring. Yeah. So. So. Hmm. I suppose all I can say is I hope that she's uh, learned how to that how to do that role right. the best um and i think with the mandalorian and uh other successes that mm-hmm. we've seen that she can yeah let's hope that she's learned how to uh direct how right. to guide a project like sequels agreed uh based off of what she's uh guided Mm -hmm. in the past i feel you (laughs) i feel you no and i do think i think it's very evident that they're trying to show that they learned that lesson like you talked about yeah kathleen kennedy learned that lesson of okay we need to make sure this next go at it with all these tv shows that it's all planned out which seem it seems very planned out with the mandalorian and ahsoka and Mm -hmm. rangers of the new republic those are just Mandoverse and Book of Boba yeah, Fett. That's just yeah. Mandoverse connected and that's another, shows. That's another point that can be made. We have all these really big 
um, project, all Coming. these upcoming yeah. shows and movies, right? Yeah. Movies? We got a couple movies. Yeah. Okay. I can never remember. That's okay, man. <laughs> There's a lot of projects. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, and a lot of things going on in our personal lives, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but... With all those new things that we're looking forward to, I don't think it would be in our own best interest to have someone, to want someone else to come in yeah, to take charge of those things. Right. When they would be brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we basically, it's like Titans getting a new coach. Okay. Every time that <laughs> the year isn't so good, right? right? Okay. <laughs> it's sure. like it's like a college football team getting a new coach every time uh-huh. they don't do so great, right? right? Uh huh. That's exactly what it would be like. So you know, if we want, if we're looking forward to all these future projects, mm-hmm. which I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am too. Let's just go with the ride, because I think. I think she's um I think she's got a handle on it. I think so. I think so. I think she's learned her lesson from the sequels. Yeah. I think she and I don't really say that in a negative way. Us as individuals learn lessons daily. Yeah. Like we yeah. learn how to better ourselves. I think she's learned how to better herself as president of Lucasfilm. And from yeah. what she has mapped out, I trust her again. Like mm-hmm. I'm on board after the Mandalorian uh, I thought that was such a success that I'm interested to see the direction of it again. Like Lucasfilm yeah. and Star Wars is back in a positive light again after The Mandalorian, and nothing has is going to change that for me. Like on screen, like everything is going great on screen, which is my main focus and my main attention. So I'm hopeful, and I think that's why my cases for uh, Kathleen Kennedy being the president. Of Lucasfilm, <laughs> I think those stick the landing personally. Right on. Now let's go ahead and real quickly do the cases against. If you do happen to fall under that lane, so first of all, if you are for Kathleen Kennedy being president of Lucasfilm, comment in the YouTube video and tell us why you think she should continue to be the president of Lucasfilm. So now we're going down the other lane, though. Cases against Kathleen Kennedy being the president of Lucasfilm, and my first one. And there's not as many of these, but the the amount I don't necessarily think is as important as what's inside those. And mm. the biggest thing for me is the handling of directors and creatives were horrible during the theatrical push. Like right. when Disney was and Star Wars was focused only on movies before the TV show started being a thing, it was bad. So let me run through that list. Uh, Rogue One is when the issue started occurring. Apparently, there was control taken away from the director, Gareth Edwards. Then The Last Jedi happens. Apparently, too much control was given to Ryan Johnson. And, you know, obviously, that's going to spark some things out there. Yeah. (laughs) Lord and Miller were fired from Solo due to creative differences. That's what the statement was pushed out and said, creative differences. Colin Trevorrow fired from Episode Nine due to creative differences. And then Benioff and Weiss, the Game of Thrones guys left their Star Wars project. Now, the Benioff and Weiss thing could have been just themselves wanting to just not do the Star Wars project anymore. We don't really know the full details behind that. That decision came kind of soon after 
the last season of Game of Thrones got pushed back, so maybe they didn't want to deal with franchises anymore, which mm-hmm. is fine. So necessarily that might not be on Kathleen Kennedy whatsoever. But anyway, you can't ignore the fact that it's been a hot mess with the movies uh, that have been pushed out so far. Yeah. Behind the scenes, at least. And that goes back to no story was planned. Yeah. There's got to be a story, and I think we've touched on that a lot. Like, almost in every other podcast episode, at some point, that comes up somehow. Yeah. Odd infinitum. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the last point that I have cases against is I don't necessarily know if she's one of those individuals that, like, dives deep into Star Wars, like us. I would say that's my second case and my last case against Kathleen Kennedy being president of Lucasfilm. Because you think about Kevin Feige. So let's think about the Marvel president, Kevin Feige. He adores Marvel, Star Wars. He dives deep into Mm -hmm. the content. He knows the content. He knows what the fans want. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and I might be wrong. I'm I'm not inside the inside baseball lane i don't know people in the industry but i've watched and listened to people inside the industry and they all talk about how she's not deep into the lore of it or necessarily the story of it so that's my pushback (laughs) well i think she's great for business aspect so again like being the president of a company i think requires a lot of business stuff that sometimes people just don't understand yeah like i And a lot of people say, oh, make Dave Filoni the president of Lucasfilm. No shot, in my opinion. Because being president of Lucasfilm means you got to go to investors' meeting. You got to talk money. You got to talk business. Dave Filoni's not in the interest of talking business, he's in the interest of creating good Star Wars stories. And that's not what the president of Lucasfilm does all the time. Yeah. Now, I could make an argument for Jon Favreau being the president of Lucasfilm. I think that'd be something that he might be interested in. Uh, and that would then be someone that enjoys the business aspect, but also enjoys the canon and diving into the content. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like picking, pick your battles, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like I've been talking a ton uh, regarding this. What are your you, thoughts on any of that? You know more about it than I do. Okay. All I'm here for is Jedi and Force, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Master <Yeah>. or Farmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, listen, let us know what you think about this Kathleen Kennedy thing. It seems like it comes up like every three months Mm -hmm. and it can kind of get exhausting, honestly. Like, just let her do her job, honest. Like, just let's watch what she produces. Yeah. Uh, Let's enjoy what she produces. If you don't like it, that's okay. We can have a conversation about it. But right now, I think Star Wars is back on the uptick with The Mandalorian and all the shows they got lined up. So that's all I've got to say about that. But I did throw on Twitter just a poll real quickly of us wanting to hear from you, our listeners. So again, follow us at MandoTalk on Twitter uh, to continue to interact with us. I sent out the question, we want to hear from you. Are you for or against Kathleen Kennedy leading the company? The conversation we just had, 70% are for Kathleen Kennedy leading the company. 30% are against. And I do want to read a couple of responses that we got. Uh, One of the responses came from at Abandoned Lizard. He said, or I guess Lizard It said, I I don't know. I don't know what you are, Lonely. I don't know what you are, Abandoned Lizard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because. What an interesting name. 
Yeah, because while I think some of her decision-making has rubbed people the wrong way, I don't want Bob Iger leading Lucasfilm and pushing and rushing films out into production for money. So he's, or it, Lizard, I don't know what, what you are there, Abandoned Lizard, um, saying that... I would prefer Kathleen Kennedy because if she's not in charge, maybe Disney would just push stuff out for money, basically. Yeah. So I, I agree with that take. Like, I would rather have someone in there that does care about the quality of the content rather than, oh, this is just a money machine. Let's just keep pushing it out. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read that one real quick. Okay, and the next one that we got, At War of the Stars 1. While, yes, we have gotten the sequel trilogy under her watch, which was at best hit or miss, we also got Rogue One, the best Star Wars movie since Empire, The Mandalorian, <laughs> and and we haven't even talked about this yet, and the final season of Clone Wars, plus yep. multiple movies and TV shows to come. Yeah. And then also, side note, at Wars of the Stars 1, it's a podcast. They say, by the way, we would love to collaborate with you guys on a show sometime. So, yeah, we might reach out to you. You know, you never know. We'll slide into those DMs. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's an inch. That's that's a great point because uh, I completely forgot to even mention the Clone Wars. I, I know she probably wasn't involved with like the story of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but it, it still falls under her leadership, so she gets props for it. She greenlit it, so there you go. Yeah, your thoughts on those listener feedback comments, the data, the poll. <laughs> um, the poll. I would say yeah. That sounds 70, about 30, right. 74, about right. 30 against. Yeah. And that's where I lean. I, I'm more so for. Okay. Like, I'm for her remaining at Lucasfilm because, again, she's on the uptick. Right on. And I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Okay. Um. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, listen, man, I appreciate you listening to me. Uh, rant on and on and on about cases for Kathleen Kennedy and cases against Kathleen Kennedy. Because like you keep saying, I know that's not necessarily of your lane. You're more so the master of the farmer, whatever you want to call yourself, where you just talk <laughs> about... you want to <laughs> call me. <laughs> okay, You're fair. Coming. You're the one coming up with this stuff. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Well, listen, let us know again what you think. Cases for Kathleen Kennedy or cases against Kathleen Kennedy. We'd really love... To know what you think. Okay. No theatrical news this week. But we do have streaming wars news. That's where we talk about Disney Plus news, rumors, and speculation. And this first one is kind of just fun and interesting to talk about. And that is one of my favorite actors out there. Benedict Cumberbatch. He's always been my head cannon for Thrawn. If that moment was to ever present itself. He would be good. He would be great. Yeah. But he says no thank you to the idea of playing Grand Admiral Thrawn in an interview with Collider. And here is his direct quote, and it's kind of funny. That's a straight no from me right now. (laughs) There's no way I want to be turned blue. I (laughs) I turned the air blue very recently. No, no, seriously. I have precious time with my children, and I think sitting in a makeup chair and being painted blue and the amount of time it would take to do that and then take it off at the end of the day might just... It's not the right time in my life for that. Respect the answer. Yeah. It crushes my heart, though. <laughs> it crushes me. 
what do you think? Like, do you hate that Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't want to play the role? Do you have someone in mind that you would rather see play the role? Or has he always been kind of your number one with it, too, like me? Um, No, I mean, really, it's just you said that he would be a great actor to to play the part. And, you know, I can definitely see that. Yeah, he's got the look for sure. Yeah, and he's got the voice and the, the jawline and the the presence, demeanor. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I get that from him playing Khan in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. And also, oh, the voice, the performance he does in The Hobbit as the dragon. What's the dragon's name? Smog. There you go. The See, great, I know you know more about the Great and Terrible. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know you know more about Lord of the Rings and Hobbit than me. So I, w- yeah. I figured I'd let you shine in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all day. I could go for hours about okay. that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Much respect to him, though, for you know placing priorities where they should be. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and makeup does take a long time. We don't really ne- realize that watching a movie, but it takes. It does. Forever. Like, I think they did a time lapse of Rosario Dawson getting dolled up for, yeah. dressed up for Ahsoka. That's gotta be so I can much. only imagine. Maddie, uh, my wife, Maddie, she watches these shows where they, like, transform yeah. these individuals to almost, like, objects with makeup on their face. Like, I recently saw someone's face get turned into a tree. That's lo- that's what it wow. looked like, <laughs> and like they sit in that chair for hours and hours to get that done. Yeah, I'd imagine the same thing for Ahsoka. What do you do, like in your head? What do you do? Are you able to read something, dude? I don't know. Not in the show that I was watching. <laughs> do you and just two, like <laughs> they also like in the show that again the show that we were watching. I know we're getting away from Star Wars, but it applies back to like actors having to get painted on during Star Wars. They put stuff over their mouths and, like, paint it over it, too. How do you huh. breathe? What about their noses? Yeah. Fully fully submerged. Both? At the Both same time? covered. <laughs> and they got to sit oh, there wow. for a long time. That is skill of in itself. Mm-hmm. If you're an actor or actress, playing a role where you have to be dolled up, painted up, makeuped up, like, that intense... Yeah. You got props for me already. Because yeah. I can't stand ink being on me for an extended amount of time. I can't stand a little pencil mark on my hand. Uh, I can only imagine being practically painted on. I feel like I would get very, very claustrophobic very quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't blame what about Benedict Chewbacca, whatsoever. The guy who plays him. See, I don't know. That, that would be tough. Don't get me wrong. But I think it'd be easier to be uh, in kind of that costume. Rather than painted like a soap. But it is like on their face, wasn't it kind of his, like. His eyes are painted, but I don't necessarily know about his full face. But wasn't it like glued on? Ooh. Maybe in the original trilogy. Is that what you're talking about? Or even the most recent Chewbacca, too? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's. It might be. Because it's might too be both. tight to yeah. be a mask. That's true. It's, it's true. Gotta, it's. You know, it's really tight. It is. It's really tight. <laughs> it's really tight. No, uh, seriously, props to performers that do that, and I don't yeah. blame Cumberbatch whatsoever for not wanting to do that role right now, but I who, do feel like it's an opportunity missed, in my opinion. Who could do it? 
Who else? Okay, my next of? vote would be Mads Mikkelsen, which is the brother of Galen Erso's actor. See? Mads Mikkelsen is the voice of Thrawn in Rebels. So you've already got that avenue. I believe I'm quoting that name correctly. He looks too old to me. <laughs> Does and, he? And um, I don't know. He might take offense to that if he ever listened to us. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> if you listen to... Wait, no, no, no. Mads Mikkelsen is... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is Galen Urso. His brother is who I'm talking about, Lars Mikkelsen. That is the voice for Thrawn. Yeah, that's who my vote for Thrawn is. Sorry, Mads Mikkelsen. Let me correct myself. Is Galen Urso? I completely dropped the ball on that. I was just thinking about Galen Urso because I keep calling you the farmer. <laughs> uh, Lars Mikkelsen is the voice of Thrawn. That's my vote for live action Thrawn. Currently. He doesn't look right to me. I mean, the picture I'm looking at of Lars Mikkelsen right now, he's got a huge beard, so yeah, he doesn't look like him whatsoever. <laughs> but here, I'll pull up a picture for you, Jacob, to look at. I mean, you don't see you don't see Thrawn in no. Lars whatsoever. No. Man. Okay. All right, do you have another take then of someone you'd like to see? I'm not really good at remembering actors. I think there's a but, lot of different uh, possibilities. There's a lot of great potential. Okay. Name, some, name someone oh, else. Oh, I'm not good at naming it either. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're listening out there, YouTube, comment your casting for Thrawn. There was a report out there recently that Robert Downey Jr., and I say no to that 1,000%. No. I don't want to see it. No. I do not want to see it. <laughs> I'm looking up. Why? <laughs> why do I not want to see it? That's like vehement, like no, never. Yeah, well, he's one of those characters that I feel like now, just like Mark Hamill, you look at Mark Hamill, you know right. it's Luke Skywalker. Right. I feel like when you look at Robert Downey Jr., it's Iron Man, and there's no getting around that at this point. He's got, he doesn't have the demeanor either. Based I don't think so either. All of the other performances I've seen him in. Yeah. He don't have the... The uh, menacing, conniving. <laughs> Agreed. Well, listen, I typed in live action Thrawn. Lars Mikkelsen's the number one guy that keeps popping up, man. I don't agree. Well, you're going to have to agree. <laughs> well, again, I hate to see it. Benedict Cumberbatch has always been my favorite Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, potential. It doesn't seem like we're going to get it. He's just going to keep doing stuff in Marvel Universe being Doctor Strange, but that's fine. That's fine. Okay, the next piece of news in the streaming wars. The Mandalorian producer, writer, and director, Jon Favreau, was nominated for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Dramatic Series for Chapter 9, The Marshal. So, here at Mando Talk, let's reflect about The Mandalorian Chapter 9, the Marshall. And what I wanted to dive into with that is this question. Why do we believe Chapter 9 was nominated for this award over all the other chapters? So I do think, and I might be incorrect with this statement, I feel like the pilots of seasons are typically the ones that get the most recognition as far as awards go. Yeah. And I also think it helps that Favreau, obviously the award committee, knows that Favreau produces, writes, and directs a lot of the different things inside The Mandalorian. So they probably chose 
chapter 9 as one of the chapters or the premier chapter because he was the one that did it all. Uh, mm-hmm. So they wanted to recognize him putting so much effort into the entire show, uh, specifically for the one show that he, or the one episode that he directed. Uh, right. So why do you think Chapter 9 was nominated? What was the award again? <laughs> Outstanding. You gotta tell me because I was still milling over in my head which actor. <laughs> Outstanding directorial achievement. Okay. Hmm. Well, um, like you said, it is the pilot. It's It kicks off the, of the season, the, new the season. pilot of the season, yeah. Mm-hmm. It kicks off the new season, and that one did a great job. It yeah. did a great job of pulling us back in. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was, was like a, a, a cla- like a classic western. Good, yeah, that. But too, it also had like the, um, kind of like a, <laughs> because of the crate dragon, it kind of had like a, uh, you know, hero goes and kills the beast mm-hmm. in order to, uh gain the next step in his hero's journey. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Kind of storyline to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with that, and I also want to add to that, it probably, in the second season, I think that's the chapter that feels the most Star Wars. Would you agree with that? I mean, it helps that you're on Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, let's let's call it how we see it. Anytime you're on Tatooine, (laughs) it's going to feel like Star Wars. It's going to be hard not to feel like Star Wars. Uh but yeah, I like your take too. I mean, it has a beginning, middle, end kind of mm-hmm. uh, direction with that chapter. Yeah. The crate Dragon, I'm sure, shooting that and coming up with all the different technicalities and mechanics of how to shoot it and what it's going to look like digitally and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that took a lot of skill, and I'm sure Favreau wasn't alone in that process. I know he wasn't alone in that process. He has a great creative team working on The Mandalorian. Uh, so props to really everyone that did Chapter 9. But really the best yeah. part always, in my opinion, for Chapter 9 is going to be two things. Timothy Oliphant is Cobb Vanth. Yeah, he and was great. And Tamara Morrison making his return at the very, <laughs> very, 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 very end. Yeah. So it was a great, full, complete story in itself. But it also added at that last scene. Yeah. A uh, something to look forward to for the entire season. Season, yeah. And now Star Wars as a whole with the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, Great point. And to even drive home the Western thing, I completely forgot about how initially as that chapter is ending, you're thinking that it's one of those stereotypical Western, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, riding off in the sunset. (laughs) But then it suddenly changes and you see the bald old, grumpy Boba Fett <laughs> and you hear the music the tense change of tone and you're just like okay yeah we'll be back next week yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I complete for some reason I completely forgot about that it was full-on like western vibe yeah. of a send-off yeah and then all of a sudden there he is so yeah I do think chapter nine felt the most Star Wars of the second season had probably the most clear story like, it could have stood alone as an episode itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, it could have just been like a standoff one-episode thing for Star <laughs> yeah. Wars fans to just watch. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And props to Jon Favreau for all for all of his work in The Mandalorian. And I, I think that the committee is recognizing that 
and pointing and picking out his specific directed chapter to allow him to bathe in the glory of all of his uh, accomplishments with the show. All right, that concludes our Streaming Wars segment where we talk about all Disney Plus news, rumors, and speculation. And our last segment is Canon Cantina, but it looks like Jacob's got his little E.T. wiggly finger over there trying to cut me off. What (laughs) you got? What you got? I've got a thought. What's that thought? All right, so you know how I was talking about the hero's journey and slaying the Mm -hmm. monster in order to attain in order to get to the next step in mm-hmm. the hero's by the way we took two steps back out of the canon cantina we're not quite in there yet so we're gonna finish this conversation first <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> keep going <laughs> um yeah all right so think about how Cobb vanth he had the armor he wasn't a mandalorian and at first din was upset about that correct but then he respected it respected or it. him yeah, respected him at the end, and you know he Cobb Vanth gave him the armor, and all was well. But it took him compromising on that uh, idea, that belief that he had that you had to be Mandalorian and you had to stick to the way in order to have the privilege of wearing that armor ever. Yeah. Now, that's the first episode in the season. Now, look where the end of the, the season gets with him. He's completely that. taking his gear off. Yeah. Turning into a stormtrooper when he has to. <laughs> taking his helmet yeah. off to get access to his little baby. Yeah. Taking his helmet off to reveal himself to his baby. Now, um, I don't know if you've looked into it. I haven't really much, but the hero's journey which is mm. what this whole episode is like, basically. It's just a hum- summed up yeah. whole hero's journey condensed into one episode. It's perfect that that kind of theme plays into this one episode and then it gets extended into the whole season so that the whole season becomes, you know... Okay. Like that, was, that whole step <laughs> in the hero's journey was yeah. him... Realizing that you don't have to religiously wear your helmet all the time to be a Mandalorian. Mm. And a Mandalorian isn't necessarily, uh, how do I put it? Help me out here. (laughs) Mandalorian is like just someone who keeps their word. Has honor. Yeah. And is a warrior. Yeah. And is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to... Never show your face. Yeah. Now, we're going down a rabbit hole, but that's fine. Um, You think it was because he's fully committed to that, or you think it's just because his love for Grogu that he did it? I think he's... Or a little bit of both. Like, did Grogu Grogu open up his mind to being like, okay, this is okay to do? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And it's just funny that that first episode was like the first step in yeah. all of that that we see in this second season. No, I, I agree with that. That's a very nice and interesting take. Yeah. I like it. Are you ready to... Are you, well, because we okay. didn't see any of that in season one, did we? Of him flirting with the helmet? Yeah. 
Well, other than IG eleven taking it off yeah, for exactly. him, that yeah, was about yeah. it. And we saw him take it off for a brief moment in chapter four, yeah, when he but was eating, was but no watching. one was around. <laughs> right, right. But it also seemed like he was flirting with the idea when the chick tried to take his helmet off. Right, but you know, that's because he was falling. Yeah, and yeah, you know, tripping for the ladies. <laughs> Well, listen, are you ready to take a visit into the Canon Cantina? Yes. Okay, let's visit the Canon Cantina where we talk <laughs> about video game, book, and comic news, the other stuff, the stuff away from the big screen and Disney+, Plus, the things that probably a lot of people hear about. Well, Canon Cantina is more of like an exclusive group. You really got to dive deep into lore to maybe understand and talk about some of these things. But we're here to provide for everyone. I mean, you don't have to be a Star Wars nerd or sweaty to... Come in the Canon Cantino with us. So go ahead and join us. We're going to talk about this. All we have is book news this week uh, as far as the Canon Cantina goes. And that is this. And it's a bummer because I was excited about both of these. Uh, The Mandalorian visual guide and original novel both have been shelved, canceled. So DK Books US, this is their statement they released Due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing The Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide at this time, as the story continues to unfold on screen. That was from the Visual Guides publication company. Delray Star Wars Books. Due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing The Mandalorian original novel at this time as the story continues to unfold on screen. Hmm. Both of those different companies having the exact same words tells me that this was a top-down decision. Yeah. Uh, That this was planned either A, by Lucasfilm as a whole, I reckon, Star Wars as a whole, Mm -hmm. or maybe Favreau himself. Because I do think, okay, let's just go ahead and say it. I think there's a possibility that this is a response to Gina Carano Mm -hmm. because this is pretty fresh after all that went down. And we don't really want to dive into that, but we got to point it out because it's a possibility that that's one of the motivating factors behind this. Maybe they're unsure of their direction with how to handle the character moving forward. But I will go ahead and be on record, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, Jacob. I'll go ahead and be on record in saying, if you try to erase Cara Dune, I'm not even talking about Gina Carano right now. If you try to erase Cara Dune from canon somehow, I think that's kind of silly. She's out there at this point. Uh, it's yeah. You can't just retract the character, even if you retract the actress. The, you can't take her out of the show, yeah. so you might as well leave her in books. In my opinion, you might as well continue to build the character somehow. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, all agree? that would do is make a lot of people really mad. By taking the character out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, really mad. It just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to completely ignore the fact that she's out there. And why? I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think, listener? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I always revert back to you guys. So yeah, I, I wanted to just go ahead and point that out, that it's a possibility that it's in response to that situation. Yeah. Because maybe Cara Dune had a huge role in the original novel, specifically. Maybe there was like some side mission that she did inside that novel, and they just 
don't know, may, or maybe something in it teased a Cara Dune show inside the book, and mm-hmm. maybe they just can't push that out now. I, w- I would understand that. Uh, and then same thing with Visual Guide. I mean, the thing about the Visual Guide is, and we're getting away from the Cara Dune situation with this, the thing about the Visual Guide is sometimes they put concept art in it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a tremendous possibility that inside the concept art, Favreau rediscovered maybe an original idea and wants to apply it in season three or four or so on. And that prevents him from, or that makes him to not want the visual guide to go out because he wants people to be surprised by maybe something that he had originally planned. Thoughts on that? Right. Um, That makes sense because you don't want to reveal, you don't want to reveal too much for the future um, like you were telling me that uh, the visual guide for The Force Awakens... Force Awakens with J.J. ...contained concept art, right? That mm-hmm. ended up being in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Right. It was the Death Star 2 basically being in water yeah. kind of idea. was in the concept art for The Force Awakens because J.J. thought that was his only movie. But turns out... Life happens, and he decided to come back with The Rise of Skywalker. People weren't necessarily surprised by the idea because it was already out there. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. Um, I've never looked at a visual, what did you call it? Ultimate visual guide. Visual guide. It dives into the details of what you see, basically. Like the details of the character. Does it have lots of pictures? Yes. Oof. Yes. Hmm, I need to look at one of those. They're awesome to look at. Um, so typically, to be fair, to be honest, and I don't know if this is cheating, <laughs> um, they're expensive to get, the visual guides. And by expensive, you, I want to say around like the $50 mark. Can you not look at it online? Well, you can, but like is pictures? that the same thing, really? I'm no, one of those that's got to really. have it hard copy, like physically, to really With dive into the it. written description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is how yeah. I cheat. I go to the local bookstore grab a cup of coffee of one of the coffee shops that's inside the bookstore, sit down, and flip through the pages without purchasing it. <laughs> so I get the content, but I don't buy it. Yeah. Is is that okay to do? I don't know yeah. book, uh, what's um, the word I'm looking for? Etiquette, I guess, inside a bookstore. I just see Star Wars, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hang out here a while, check this <laughs> out. Uh, I'll just be in the corner. I'm not buying the book, but I'm reading it. Sorry. <laughs> do they have that for... What do they have that for? What? The visual guide? Yeah. All of them. Force Awakens. Last Jedi. Okay. Rise of Skywalker. Solo. Rogue what about One. other franchises? I don't know. I'm sure they do. What about like Lord of the Rings? You know they have a Lord of the Rings visual Oof. guide somewhere. Oh, and wow. I know that you would be looking at that thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you need one of those in your life. No, I do. Because you'd be distracted. No, I do. Okay, fair. Well, we'll see if you get it for Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've <laughs> always thought that the elvish uh, architecture, art, clothing uh-huh. in the Lord of the Rings was just fascinating because I've read, I've watched a documentary of how they designed those movies. Yeah. And I remember that one of the artists behind it said that their whole goal with creating elvish the elvish world in the Lord of the Rings was to create something that looked immortal. That's Mm -hmm. something that looked heavenly, something that looked 
you know, like it would be here for thousands of years and be unchanging. Sure. Right. And yeah, like I see that when I go back and watch the movies and I look at that design, man, I like, I see that. Yeah. And how natural, but at the same time, uh, kind of medieval and Romanesque and, you know, like architectural, these forms are. Yeah. And man, like, I love those designs. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, Jacob needs to host a Lord of the Rings podcast. That would be fun. That would be really fun. <laughs> I'm sorry to say I don't know enough about Lord of the Rings to join you in that venture. Uh, I think you could. I mean, I could be, I could be the Samwise to your Frodo. <laughs> I could help you carry the burden, but I don't know anything outside of that. You could be. I would get crumbs. <laughs> I would get crumbsies on my shirtsies. <laughs> crumbsies on his jackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could be the Nolan to Caleb. Hey, I mean, I guess that's fair. That's that's a fair comparison. <laughs> That would be a blast, though. Hey, um, you know there's a Lord of the Rings show coming in, on Amazon. Yeah, soon on Prime Video. Yeah. So if if you want a Lord of the Rings series review podcast hosted by Jacob Keller, <laughs> comment on the YouTube video and say, "Jacob, you gotta do it," and then he'll <laughs> do it. Right. Oh, sure. <laughs> we'll see. We'll I'll have see. to learn from, uh, what are we going to call you? I don't know. That's, the I'm not, host? see, I'm not some, I'm not one the of those, host? I'm not one of those that gives myself a nickname, you know? Mm. Somebody else has got to come up with it. Like Nolan, I gave him the nickname of the speculator because he speculates. Let's be honest. That is his avenue. That's his lane. Oh, yeah. That's his favorite thing to do. Yeah. So we're going to call him the speculator. You, I think you're always the one that reins us in and keeps us in line with canon, logistics, uh, what's logical. <laughs> That's why I call you the master. Because yeah. you're wise. You're all-knowing. So, oh, whoa. Okay, you're all-knowing. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> you're all-knowing with Star Wars content. Like, no, I'm not. Okay, maybe not all-knowing. For us, you're all-knowing, though. <laughs> How about that? Does that sound better? Sound better? Okay. Yeah. That's why I call you the master. I haven't came up with a nickname for BA yet. So I, I need to be working the on that. The one who hates on the sequels. <laughs> the Last Jedi hater. The Last Jedi hater. Yeah. Brandon, the Last Jedi hater. That's a mouthful, though. Like, I couldn't yeah. even say it just then. Brandon, the Last Jedi hater, Anderson. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a lot. We got to shrink that down some somehow. So, yeah, y'all are going to have to come you? up with a nickname um, for me. Or ask the listeners to do it, because that's my always default. Moff Caleb? Moff Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one, man. Because you're like a director. You're like a... Director Krennic. Leader. <laughs> director Krennic. Yes. Follow my lead. Supreme Leader Caleb. Do not call me Hux. That's all I ask. Don't call me Hux. Supreme Leader. I like that. Supreme Leader Long live Caleb. the Supreme Leader. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, I apologize if I went down like way too long of a rabbit hole of me going on a preach lecture about uh, Kathleen mm. Kennedy, 
But I did want to get no, just the different reasonable. the cases for fair, for Kennedy fair and balanced. Uh, the against the cases against Kennedy. I wanted to just put all those thoughts out there because I hear both lanes. Yeah. And I don't really disagree with either lane either. Like I see yeah. valid arguments for Kathleen Kennedy. I see valid arguments against Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I have been admittedly, I have been so critical of Kathleen Kennedy whenever the sequels were being pushed out there. Yeah. So critical. Like I was ready for a new direction after the rise <laughs> of Skywalker. But you can't sit there and tell me that after the finale of season two of The Mandalorian, that Star Wars is not back and in a great place. I mean, we got Luke freaking Skywalker, mm-hmm. like the Luke Skywalker we had always wanted. Yeah. So that right there is a message loud and clear. Either A, that Kathleen Kennedy hears you, or B, Kathleen Kennedy trusts Favreau to get the job done. Regardless of which answer that is, either of them, is giving us good stuff. Right. So either is great. Either is great. Both are great. Yeah. So I hear you. I hear both lanes. I'm more so in the four category right now. And that could change because if you had asked me before season two started, I would have said against Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. But right now I'm for. Let us know what you think if you're for or against. I feel like I've asked that before, but if you haven't told us what you think, then uh, you should do it by now. Uh, we also <laughs> talked about streaming wars. We talked about Benedict Cumberbatch saying no shot, no thank you to Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'm kind of bummed by that. Uh, we got Jan- John Favreau was nominated for Outstanding Directorial Achievement. Congratulations to him. And again, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian just keeps getting more and more and more awards and recognition. You'll love to see it. That's, again, another sign that Star yeah. Wars crushing it and then we also have the negative news inside the canon cantina this week of the mandalorian visual guide and original novel both being canceled so let us know what you think about all the different content all that different news pieces uh we can't wait to be with you again and jacob i really appreciate you being back here with me and the listeners again this week yeah it was great to have you i'm glad to be back we're currently um yeah sorry it's been a while um and it's always a good time to be here with you, brother. Yes, it is. Like <laughs> like I was fixing to say, we're currently in the middle of watching Blade Runner. That's what we were doing before we started recording. And yeah. I, it's pretty late. I don't know if we're going to actually finish that film. Uh, but eh, we'll see. We can do it. If you can't tell, <laughs> I, I think you could possibly tell somewhere in that podcast that we're feeling a little, little lulled, maybe. It's a long week. Do you have a long week? I had a long yeah. week, personally. It's midterms. Yeah. Midterms time. I understand that. Uh, let's see. I had at least two tests this week. Tough, <laughs> tough. I think three. Yeah, actually. So yeah, but hey, looking forward to the weekend. If you had a lulled week, we hope, or I guess again, I keep see. I'm so used to the Friday schedule. Like I keep thinking, you know, Friday mindset. We're at the end of the week, but yeah. you're actually getting us at the beginning of the week. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> that means you're at the start of a week, and we hope that you have a great week. Uh-huh. We hope that your week starts off incredible and doesn't sound as lulled as our end of the week. Did. Yeah, and we <laughs> hope that your week remains invigorating and yeah. that you keep having the strength to make it through whatever Absolutely. life throws your way. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Well, listen, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Mando Talk. We love talking to you. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us or watching us. We would really appreciate it. Jacob, thank you again for being here. 
It's always fun. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to have you again. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and send us out of here this week. We have spoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs>